Welcome to the Happiness Contribution Show with me, your happy host, Rosaria Cirillo. On the show, we talk about the various roles happiness plays in our individual lives and in business, and about the benefits that being happy brings. And we share knowledge and practices about what contributes to our happiness. Join me and my guests on this happiness journey together and get involved by visiting our website at happinesscontribution.com. Everyone, I'm Rosaria. I'm a little Italian ball of energy, enthusiasm, curiosity, and passion. I live in the Netherlands since 19 years, and I have two boys, nine and ten years old, and a Dutch husband. I love all things learning and sharing what I learned and connecting to people, growing together. I'm totally passionate also about customer experience and happiness as well. So for me, it's really about all about how can I bring more happiness into the world. Um, I love yellow. Nature, sunflowers, uh, qigong, and intuitive painting. And how I'm doing right now, I'm really a mixture of excitement and anxiety, I guess. Though I have to say, it's now really just more excitement because of our guest today. I really hope that I will, with the questions that we will ask, we'll get really the full human out of, uh, of uh, who we have in front of us today, Anthony Hitt. And before we start the interview, I want to share with you guys some picture to tell you the story of how I first met Anthony and why I believe that even behind his amazing title and role uh, that you have seen also in the introduction, he's the CEO of a massive real estate in US, but he's an incredible human being and incredible kind as well. So the first time I met Anthony was actually at the very first time that I introduced my book, Yellow Goldfish, to a US audience. So there were about 300 people in that room. And like, you can hear my accent. My accent is not American proof. So I was totally stressed out, like with really dry mouth. And then after my talk, there comes this guy and his team coming to say how much my message has resonated with him. And I was like, oh, really? Was I even to understand in my, in my accent? And then we start having a really beautiful connect, connection and conversation, which is all for me what learning and sharing is. And then later on, we had a workshop together with Sam Phelps, which is my co-author, and we're sitting next to each other. And he started sharing with me how I would be in Amsterdam in the following month. And I was planning an happiness retreat because every single year he chooses a team for his employees to go deeper in. And that year was happiness. So then the next thing I know is that he actually comes to Amsterdam two months later. In fact, just the very same day as the day after that I had got my book, my very first copy of the book. So what you also might see on, uh, on, uh, on social media were those pictures together. But for me, the, there were two key experts to this trip. And Anthony, I might not even have ever told you this. What happened was that I told Anthony and his partner, Sean, to come to a certain station where I would pick them up. They got the wrong train. They got to a wrong station. And I was there incredibly agitated. I'm like, oh, my God, I sent Anthony to the wrong station. How am I going to get him? He's calling me with a U.S. mobile number. I was, like, anxious. And there comes Anthony. He goes, like, no worries whatsoever with the maximum kindness. Like, nothing, anything about you're wasting my time or, like, you're making me get lost in bloody Zandam. He just comes. We'll take a taxi and get there. And he comes down from the taxi with a bunch of flowers, yellow uh, roses. I was like, again, the kindness. And he also, like, uh, really shared the very human part, which I'm not going to say more about here, Anthony. You'll share more with us later if you want. 
And the very final thing then was, the last bit was that we start talking about the retreat we were going to do. And that's exactly this one. So basically what happened was we decided to, that Anthony run this retreat on happiness for his team. He asked me at a point, can you come actually to US and facilitate and do something on happiness for us? But it needs to be very experiential. And I was like, you know, Anthony, what I could do is I've been doing intuitive painting for five years. I draw paintings and all, but I have never facilitated actually a session. And it was like, no worry. I love it. Great ideas. We'll make it happen. And once again, for me, that was true leadership. He um, acknowledged my passion and he just let me do it, even if it was the first time. And in addition to that, what you see here, this is um, Amazon box and it's again, Anthony and his team carrying it themselves all the way up to Eagle Nest, 3,000 meters high. So what you see behind me is that background. So we go up, we actually stopped the, um, this, uh, what's the right name for it, Anthony? That, that I, I guess like a gondola. Gondola, it goes up. We made an incredible stuff to get there. And then what do you think a CEO of a company does? He starts mounting himself all the stand which we needed to paint. So really putting all the work in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love this picture. All in order to then... I'm glad you do. <laughs> to deliver an amazing, an amazing experience. So, and with this, without any further ado, that's for me why I find I'm so absolutely astonished uh, and happy to have Anthony here. Because for me, Anthony, next to being a CEO of a big company in the US, is an amazing leader. So now to you, uh, Anthony. Thank you so much for being here. Also here, again, a massive leader, being as our guest for our first time that we have a guest. So just thank you and welcome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for inviting me. And I will tell you, I just love, uh, I, I always have your energy. And I just, uh, it's, it, it, what a great way for me to be starting my day this morning. I'd love to do this every day. Not only the, uh, the, uh, the, the enthusiasm and the energy and the wisdom you both have already shared, uh, but, uh, but also just having that kind of an introduction before I, I speak. Usually I get about five words, you know, uh, and, uh, and you just, uh, first of all, and, and nobody sees pictures like that. I'm not even sure about those, but, uh, uh, but uh, thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Anthony. So then our very first question for you. Now, I told all about you, but who is Anthony as humankind? Who is Anthony? Tell us. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, I think like everyone, you know, we've got, uh, uh, you know, I'm a very complicated person with a very complicated uh, history. But today, the role I play uh, in, in life is uh, I am the CEO of Angolan Folkers in the Americas. That means we run about uh, 300 different uh, real estate brokerages throughout the Americas with a little over 5,000 uh, real estate uh, advisors uh, serving uh, usually the more uh, wealthy clientele in, uh, in the markets. I've been with uh, Angolan Folkers since 2010. Uh, prior to Angolan Folkers, I did sell real estate uh, as an agent uh, and an estate agent, as I think most of our clients or most of the listeners today would be aware, uh, in, uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, and prior to that, uh, entrepreneurial. So always trying new things and new ideas. And, uh, and uh, I've only been employed by another person or by another organization twice in my life. Once my very first job at a bike shop and now my current job as the CEO. In between, I was always self-employed off and doing something. And so uh, 
but uh, maybe as we go through the conversation, I'll, I'll share more bits and pieces along the way. But uh, that's my role today. I'm also, uh, I am married. Uh, I married my husband, Sean. Um, we've been together uh, 33 years uh, this year, but uh, when the, the first day we could be legally married in California, where we lived at the time, uh, we were we were married, which happened to be our 20th anniversary. So we we kept our anniversary date, and uh, so that's that's I guess that's that's who I am right now in humankind. Always yeah. always evolving and changing, though. And I remember for the 33, we said, oh, that there's a really, really big party, though now with the COVID story, maybe not. Is that something? So our next question would be, what is your definition of happiness and love? And do you want to share us with us also a bit more about yeah, what it means for you also in relation to, to the number three, which for me was a very touching story, if you feel like sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I, 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 I had a feeling because... You know, most of the, uh, the, the podcasts or interviews I do, um, you know, the, the, the person who's interviewing me only knows you know, a little bit about what they've read. Uh, yeah, and that's why I was a little concerned about this, because you know a lot about me, uh, not only in our personal conversations, but also at the retreat that we were at where we all shared a lot. So, so uh, I'm, uh, I, I have to admit, I'm just a little uh, curious where we're going to go and how much I'm going to share. But uh, but, but for me, uh, you know, I don't know. I think there's a lot of book definitions of happiness and love. Uh, and, and I do think they're very inter- intertwined. Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's a feeling. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a good feeling. It's a warm feeling. It's a, it's a safe feeling. It's a, a pleasurable feeling. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's an energy. Uh, so for me, and I, and I think that's the same. I think, that, I think happiness maybe is, is more uh, internal uh, and, and just about, you know, your your surroundings and your existence and and your contributions, uh, where where love obviously brings in, you know, uh, either uh, you know, other 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 uh, another person or or family members or friends or communities, uh, but still it, it's it's a it's a it's a good feeling. Oh, the the the, the number three, uh, I, and I think this also uh, for you know, uh, and, and I don't want to go down to this road more than you want to. But as a, as, a, as a gay man in the United States, and I'm, I'm in my 50s now, so growing up in the you know, 60s and 70s in Missouri, which is where I'm from, uh, I, I think something else that has added to my happiness is authenticity. You know, there was a long time in my life where I, I couldn't share uh, my authentic self. I couldn't, I couldn't say that I was a, a, a gay man. And to be sitting as the CEO of a brand uh, who is out uh, and who is proud and who is married and, uh, and who can introduce my husband at a, at a, at a corporate event, uh, you know, that authenticity also adds to happiness. I think it's, it's very hard, at least it was very hard for me to, to really be happy until I could be very authentic with the people around me about who I was. But uh, the, the, the number three is an important number to, to Sean and I. And, uh, and, and it comes out of the fact that when we first met, uh, you know, back in the 80s, the, the reality was we couldn't be out. As a matter of fact, when we, fir- when we first met, we were both still dating, uh, you know, someone of the opposite sex. Uh, we we uh, had to be, tra- you know, be, be just friends uh, and then just roommates. And, uh, and so we created a code uh, to basically say those three words that any person who is in love with another person should be able to say, uh, not only privately, but publicly. And that's, I love you. And our code was, was the number three. We would work the number three into a uh, a sentence. If we were on the telephone, I saw three squirrels playing this afternoon in the in the front yard. Uh, or if we were in a, a place where we could, uh, 
you know, uh, you know, maybe I could you know, bump him on the foot with uh, a three taps or something. And that was my way of privately and covertly saying, I, I love you. And so the number three has, uh, has always been uh, very important to us. And interestingly enough, and I know you know this, uh, Rosaria, but uh, when the iPhone came out about, what, uh, I guess 12 years ago now, I'm not sure whether he was the first one to do it or I was the first one to do it, but one of us saw a three someplace, wherever it was, and we took a photo of that and we texted it to the other person. And, and that's begun something that we still do to this day. We have collected thousands of number threes from all over the world, and uh, and we still text them to each other. We still have a collection of them. We've we've made art from them. We've made fabrics from them. I've given speeches on that on that subject. Uh, so uh, so I think uh, again that's that's my that's my story about the number three. And so I guess the idea that this is our our thirty third anniversary must be something uh, even extra special because it's uh, it's double threes. Yes. Yes, that's why we were saying we should do party. But thank you so much for sharing it, Anthony. Because also for for our participants, I did not have the chance to double check with Anthony if it was okay. So I really felt like, and and only after we invited him for the first for this webinar, then I realized only later it's actually even Pride Month. So I was really like, yeah, I was wondering. And then I, but I saw you also had some videos on that. So. Uh, the question I have is like, what did it take you to get authentic, to go to, 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 to choose authenticity? Um, you know, again, and I think this is back to, to happiness. It's, it's safety. Uh, you know, I grew up in a place that the reason there was that code was because, uh, you know, there was a fear for safety at that time. I grew up in an area and a time where uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the elementary school or the junior high school that I went to in the, uh, in the U.S., uh, where uh, a boy had been hung in the uh, boys' bathroom just a year before I started school there uh, because he the color of his skin. He was black. Um, while I was in high school, uh, a boy uh, about my age, maybe a year or two older, uh, was brutally murdered uh, because he had supposedly hit on another boy uh, uh, along the way. And this is long before the Matthew Shepard story, if any of you know that story, uh, that became very public. This is you know, 15 years before that. So the idea of me being my authentic self and letting people know who I was or just acting in the way that, uh, you know, that someone would, uh, who happens to be a, a gay man, uh, could be a threat to my life and my, and my safety or, or people who are around me. And as I came out to a few of my closest friends, I lost half of my friends on, on, on telling them that. So my friendship. So, so there was already, uh, you know, just innately and then, and because of the, my, my surroundings, just a fear of being myself. So it took me a long time to get to the place where I felt comfortable uh, sharing who I was. Um, even even in, uh, in, uh, uh, to a point that when we finally moved from St. Louis, Missouri to, uh, to uh, Santa Monica, California, uh, it was very tough for me to, to, be, you know, uh, to be who I was, but I lived in an area uh, where it was, uh, well, very much like a lot of Europe, uh, the, you know, that the fact is it wasn't an issue. Nobody, nobody cared. And, uh, it wasn't on them anymore. It was on me to, to, to feel safe and just to become, you know, and to, to share who I was, but it's, it's small steps. I think that's anytime you're in a situation like that, it's small steps. And uh, I would experiment uh, a little bit with how much I was willing to share. And, uh, as I would get positive feedback or I wouldn't get negative feedback, then I would share a little more and a little more. And, uh, and uh, to a point that on the day that we got married, and this is, again, only 13 years ago now, uh, we sent out an evite to all of our friends and clients uh, about the, 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 the wedding. Uh, 
Um, and, uh, you know, 90% of the people, no, 99% of people who came to our wedding on the beach that day in short notice were, were, were straight. They were, fr- they were straight friends because we didn't have a lot of gay friends. So even at that time, it was something. But I, but I think that moment, the day we got married, was the day that I felt, wait a minute, if, if, if 150 straight people who didn't even know we were gay, you know, 36 hours earlier will come and stand on the beach and tear up as, uh, as, as this moment's happening, maybe it's okay for me to be myself. And uh, all, but all the way to the point of even when I was taking this, this responsibility here, moved to New York, um, I was very concerned that when I met, you know, I didn't know a lot about Germany. I didn't know a lot about Europe. Um, and uh, when I met Christian Folkers, the founder of Anglo and Folkers, um, I was about to sign my contract. And I, all of a sudden, those, those feelings I had as a, as a kid came rushing back of, I, I don't want him to, to sign. I don't want to sign this contract and then be found out as being gay and then be fired or, or have this thing fall apart. And so uh, I laid the pen down and said, I have to tell you something. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm gay and I'm married to my husband, Sean. And, uh, and he looked at me with, with confusion, uh, which scared me. And, uh, but he didn't know how to respond because he thought it was such an unusual thing for me to say to him. And he said, so are we inviting him to dinner as well? I mean, he just didn't know what to do with it. And because he didn't care, it wasn't part of the conversation. And, uh, and again, so it's just those types of successes. Those are two big ones for me that uh, have allowed me to be who I am. And it's interesting because as you become more authentic uh, in, in a safe way uh, with who you are, it, uh, the, 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 the power of that authenticity uh, creates happiness. And the power of authenticity and happiness and love uh, you know, gives you a, a lot of abilities to grow and, and have you know, the, the success that you're, you're, you're wanting to have in your life. At least that's been my experience. Yeah, and I would say it connects you. I mean, one of the reasons why we also connected and why it also stayed with me is because when you told me the story of the three in, in Zanzescans, I still remember where, it really, really touched me. And I had no idea what the situation was in US. I didn't know now myself the story of the moment that you signed the contract. So would you say that it was because the times had evolved? Or would you say that it's because even in Germany, there is even more tolerance or more compassion, more openness uh, to diversity than it, in US? The, the world in the U.S. and the world in, uh, in Europe is definitely different today than it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago. Um, I think there are still people who are more progressive uh, with their thinking and people who are certainly less progressive. Um, and, and, but I think it's just it's all of those things. And, uh, you know, Mr. Volkers and, and, uh, and our brand and, and, and where I live are also major metro areas and, and metro areas uh, are typically... Um, you know, have, have learned how to live together with, with everyone. Uh, and whether that's acceptance or tolerance, but at least there is a, a safety about being who you are. And I think that's what's attractive to a lot of people in metro areas, but it's also kind of forced. When you've got this kind of density, uh, you, you really kind of have to say, okay, I'm going to be accepting of the people around me. And, and that's, uh, I think that's part of it. I just think it's, I, I do think things are changing though and, and getting uh, you know, better. There, there's, uh, you know, I, I don't want to make this a, 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 a pride speech, but the realities are there are countries where things are a lot better, but there are still a lot of places in our world where things are, are not good. Until just recently uh, in the U.S., there were still almost half of our U.S. states that could fire you uh, for, being, for being a part of the LGBTQ uh, plus community. Uh, there are still countries that will put you to death 
for for your sexuality. So, you know, it's it's it is better, but we're we're not there yet. There is work to do, and I guess it has to do also with leadership. So I guess what is your leadership receipt also for driving change in the world and in your world? So creating happy workplace or happy customers or driving any change? Uh yeah, I, I get asked this question quite a bit, and and I uh, and I read a lot about leadership. I uh, I study uh, you know other other leaders and and what they do and how they do it. Um, I don't know that I have a of a, a, a style uh, as a leader uh, that's any different than just my style uh, or what I hope to be uh, is my philosophy just as a as a human, and that's you know that's listen to people. Uh, that's understand what people are saying. That's be authentic with my own thoughts and feelings. Uh, to be honest, um, uh, uh, but uh, to be constructive, and uh, and and then and then do my best to uh, to help people achieve whatever it is they're wanting to achieve. Uh, you you can't help someone else achieve their their goals if you don't know their goals. And the only way you're going to know those goals is to start with a relationship that allows them to trust you. And sharing those kinds of ideas and uh, and taking it in and, and going from there. So I, I think that's kind of how I try to operate. Uh, you know, I'm certainly not a perfect human being. None of us are, and uh, and and again, I'm definitely a work in progress. But I would say that's my that's my style is to try to understand uh, you know what 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 people are wanting out of life, what makes them happy, what makes them feel uh, like they're contributing, and and then to do whatever I can uh, to help them. And uh, and by the way. That doesn't mean that I'm always walking around uh, in our organization going, you know, how can I help you? You're, 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 sometimes the best way to help somebody is to say this, this isn't the place for you. Um, and so that's, a, you know, there, there is, even in the, you know, sometimes it's about uh, building a career or a life in this organization. Sometimes it's about helping somebody realize this is not the place that's going to allow them to be who they want to be. And I, I just want to make sure we understand that there is a balance there. It doesn't mean you're always giving everybody everything. Sometimes it's about letting some people go and connecting them maybe uh, with some other opportunities uh, out there. It's like the story also of the CEO of Southwest, which at some point told the customer who was only complaining. Uh, and I see there Stan Phelps is also one of our uh, guests today. Uh, and he, we both talk about it in Pink Goldfish and in Yellow Goldfish. That is like, sometimes it's just not the place for you. If you only complain, then this is not the uh, offers or, or service for you and similarly on the workplace. Uh, by, by, by the way, I, I also saw Stan was on the call when I, when I came on this morning and I'm thinking, wait a minute, how am I the first guest when you've got Stan Phelps right there and, and, he's, your, and he's your publisher? Why is he not your first guest? But uh, I, I, I'm sure that day is coming up and I will definitely try to tune in for that one. Absolutely, it's coming for sure. It's a, we wanted to start also from the people also in the company, in the organization. So that's why uh, that you are our first guest. But, guest. but Stan is definitely on, on the on the um, on deck. And talking about books, I see a thumbs up. Talking about books, Anthony, which book changed your life? Uh, now I feel a lot of pressure that I'm going to have to say yellow goldfish and purple oh, no, goldfish, no. especially, <laughs> but. If, if, I, if I will exclude books written by authors on this podcast, uh, that I would probably go with uh, uh, probably the one that has had the most, I mean, there's so many. My, my father, when I was 14, I was a, uh, 
a very overweight uh, kid with a lot of issues. He didn't even all know all the issues at 14. Uh, you know, again, back to the, the gay thing. And, 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 and also, I was raised on a farm, and I'm not a farm boy. That's just the reality. I, I'm not. I love their going there now even more than I did as a kid, but I wanted to, I wanted, you know, the office on Park Avenue in New York City, which by the way, I'm in the office now on Park Avenue in New York City. But uh, I, I would say the, the so the, I, he gave me this book, I Dare You, written by the founder of Ralston Brina Companies, William Danforth. And uh, it's a very dated book. I actually have, I still have a copy and I, I shared with a friend recently. It's very, very dated. It was written in the 40s or 50s. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's all about how a young man, uh, uh, you know, uh, should, should learn all these things and, and grow up and, uh, and find a, a nice young woman who will, uh, you know, basically, uh, be his, uh, servant for life. And uh, so it's a little dated, but, but it also talked about goal setting and, and positive affirmation and good health. And, and there were good messages there. And so I think that one kind of started me in a direction, uh, you know, think and grow rich, uh, by Napoleon Hill was certainly one. But I would say the one that was probably the most influential and the most valuable was, uh, was uh, by uh, 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 The Four Agreements by, uh, by Michael Ruiz. I, I, I still uh, believe that's the one that made me uh, really look at myself more introspectively, look at the world differently, put things in a perspective that allowed me to uh, calm down, relax. Uh, you know, just not not think that everybody was out to get me or hurt me. That basically, you know, the reality is we can all love each other and everyone else, but we're kind of all in it for ourselves. And that's not only us, but that's everyone else around you. And so those four agreements about being impeccable with your word and the idea that your that your word does matter and it can do good and it can do harm and it can do uh, irreparable harm if you're not if you're not cautious with that. Uh, you know, not taking things personally, knowing that people are doing things for their own. Their own reasons, you know that 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 was a big one for me. Uh, you know, you know, there's a, a an old movie called The Bad News Bears, and it talks about not making assumptions, you know, because it makes an ass out of you and me. Was the whole kind of the joke back at the time, but not assuming that you know why things are happening or why things are. So not making assumptions, and uh, and my favorite, just always do your best. I was a Boy Scout, and that was one of our mottos too, is to always do our best. So those four agreements, the the book, the four agreements by Marco Ruiz is probably one of my all-time favorites and one that probably had the most impact on uh, helping me be who I am today. I was wondering if that was going to be indeed the book when you said to go out there, you and thinking grow rich. I was like, oh, maybe I don't know you that well. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I was going to get there because I, uh, I, I, one thing about me is I am kind of one track. When I get on something, I'm the same way when I go to a restaurant. I seem, If I find the one I like, I stick with the same thing. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I do love that book. You shared about this book during the elite retreat in Vail, Colorado, and I didn't know about this book. And I've read it after that. And by now I've read also the fifth agreement. And I was thinking, oh, my God, if I had read this book when I was a child or even just five years ago, or 10 oh. years ago. So I'm absolutely happy I read it in the last couple of years. But it's I will highly recommend and, and I don't know the, the, a lot about the audience here, but if you have issues that you're still holding on to related to your parents uh, or, or someone who was uh, you know, raised you in your life. Uh, I think this book is the one that can help you in a, in a big way. For me, um, you know, just realizing that my parents are human, that seems like an obvious, but they're human and they were in their early 20, late teens, early 20s, and they were doing the best they could with what they had, with what they knew at the time based on the way they were raised. 
Uh, I can't even imagine uh, you know, me. I mean, I know me as a 20-year-old uh, being responsible for another human. And that's exactly who my, my parents were. And, and that perspective really helped me. But I think it's a, it's a great book for that. By the way, what's the fifth agreement? I haven't read it yet. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm writing notes over here. <laughs> it's the follow-up. And it's also, it's also really, really great, uh, great book. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. And so you, you actually mentioned also Yellow Goldfish. Do you still remember? I know that you read it now three years ago. Do you still have any key insight with you? And also how does that, that correlates with the role that you think companies can play in actually driving happiness for uh, customers and employees? I I, uh, I remember, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, this is, you know, Stan's on the call here, but I'm a big fan of all the Goldfish books. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, Purple was the first one I read. And, uh, and then I think it was blue. If I think is blues technology. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think that was the, the second one. And, uh, because when I met you, uh, yours was not even out yet. It was no, about to no. come out. Like I said, yeah. I think you, when we met in Amsterdam, it had just eventually dropped. Exactly. Yeah. I think I was one of your first pre-orders on Amazon, uh, in the, in the, in, in the U S because I wanted it. Uh, you know, I think all of the insights there, what was so interesting to me is after reading the book, but meeting you and then and then sharing the retreat with you is uh, is just see how it how how the the topics there you know can be applied to to our work lives to our to our leadership roles to our to our businesses. So uh, I can't think of any one specific piece right now that that, that comes there, but I know that uh, it, it 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 all really resonated with with me and with my group. And again, I think I've probably now internalized some of the things I've learned, and I do them automatically with maybe even without even giving credit to, to you or whoever the authors were that shared that insight with me along the way. Do you believe that companies can play a role then in increasing the happiness of customers and employees? Of, and- of course, of course. Uh, you know, we'll start with employees. The, the, the reality is uh, a lot of employees are spending, oh, there's the, there, we're at home now. Oh, by the way, uh, by the way, let me see if I can do this here. I'll, I'll, I'm not sure this will show up on, on camera. But, you know, we did the uh, interpret, what, what, what do you call the painting? Intro, your painting? Intro, uh, painting. Intro, yeah, here, here's, oh, let me see if it'll show up. Does that show up on camera there? There's my, my, my background on my phone is still the, uh, the painting I did of a number three uh, at, uh, at, our, uh, at our retreat. Can but I no, show you that look, one? I have it also here on picture if you want. Oh, there. So there it is. <laughs> I, I, I have decided I no longer want to be around you and a camera. Uh, that, that, I'm looking pretty rough there. We all, you look great, but the rest of us are looking a little, however, that it looks like your painting shirt that you're wearing today. So. Yes, it is. That's the reason for wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, no, I mean, if you consider that, you know, employees are, you know, a full-time employee is spending, you know, you know, 40 to 60 hours a week uh, connected to your organization. And, and if you take sleep hours out, I mean, a lot of times it's more time in their work environment than it is with their, their family environment. Uh, and so obviously that's going to have an impact on, on, their, on their happiness. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, and it's not just compensation. You know, we, we, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, I'm, I'm a big person. That, uh, I believe in data. Uh, you know, you and I have talked about like NPS scores and, and I know the happiness scores that you've been working on now for, for a while. Uh, but we did a, an employee uh, a survey um, with a company, a third party uh, company here about uh, three or four months ago. And, uh, you know, the data was very interesting to see the level of engagement that our employees have and, and, to, and, and what makes them 
uh, feel good about their 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 their, you know, their contribution to the organization, but also the things that we needed to improve. And, and I think that's uh, back to one of the things you, you have to know what it is. You know, if you if you, if you if you can't if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. If you can't track it, I mean, so you, you have to know. And uh, and for us, you know, we we learned some things. Uh, our productivity is up during COVID uh, with people working at home and all of that. But there's there's some satisfaction that's not as high uh, because people have been through a lot. And, uh, and so now we're looking at new ways on how do we improve that culture? How do we improve that engagement? You know, how do we uh, how do we do our our part to help make sure that the people who are a part of this organization, whether they're employees in our in our corporate offices here in New York City, or whether they're anybody in our organization uh, in the Americas or globally, you know, what is it we can do to, to, to be a positive contribution uh, to their lives and their happiness? And I think books like Yellow Goldfish um, uh, 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 will give people really good guidance on some of the ideas and some of the things they can do to not only measure, but then actually improve that. Yeah. And, and Anthony, is there a brand that you reckon uh, contributes to your happiness that you see when I look at this brand and what this company does, I can really see that they uh, do things in a way that contributes to, to your happiness, but also to uh, other people's happiness so that you really see them active in bringing more happiness into the world. Well, as the CEO of this company and where my, employ my, my, my paycheck comes from, I'll start with Engel and Falkers uh, because they definitely contribute to my happiness because they, 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 they allow me to do so many incredible things and to lead so many incredible people. And, uh, and, and, I, and I'm having such a good time doing it. Um, and, it's, and it's interesting to have that influence and that, and that, that audience um, and, and to be paid uh, for doing it. So, so number one, I would have to go with Angle and Fulkers as a brand because I think we are doing a lot of the right things to be you know, good corporate citizens, but also good employers and, and good partners with the communities that we're serving. Um, now, now there's my, my, my company pitch over to the side. I, you know, from there, I, I, um, I don't know. I mean, I, different companies for different reasons, but you, know, you and I have talked about the idea of can you be happy and unhappy at the same time? You know, Amazon you know, makes me happy because it's incredibly convenient for me to get things. And, uh, and I don't like shopping. I don't like going out. I, I like the idea that I can push a couple buttons and come. So on one side, I'm, I'm, they make me feel good and they make me feel happy. On the other side, when you maybe uh, you see some of the, the news about how they treat employees or, or the environment and some of those issues, you know, that makes me a little unhappy. And so, you know, my iPhone, you know, similar situation. I, I love all the information that I have, you know, from Apple. I like the way Apple presents itself as a brand. I like the positive things that Apple, I think, tries to do for the, uh, for the, the world that it serves. On the other hand, there are things about Apple that, that you know, are, are not as positive and, and that I don't like. And, uh, and, and so if, if you look at it from that standpoint, uh, I don't, there's a lot of brands that contribute to my, my happiness, whether it's a Hermes, I love an Hermes tie, that makes me feel good and happy. Uh, but, uh, but you know, there's always the other, the counter side of that. So I don't, there's not a brand that specifically comes out and says, uh, that goes, I love that brand. I like everything they do. And, uh, and they, and they are the one that I would put number one on my list. I just, I don't have that. And I guess the B Corp movement, like the com uh, corporations, uh, I don't know if you're even familiar with the B Corp model. It's probably not as strong in US yet as it is in Europe. Or are you What was that? What was it? The, the big corporations. So all the companies that get a special certification 
because what they do, it's really for the better of the world. So like the Patagonia of this world, uh, Danone most recently got it. Uh, I, I know quite few in Europe, but less in US. Patagonia. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that. Uh, Patagonia, by the way, is one of those companies. I, I, I love a, a lot about that leadership, that company, the way the organization's been built and, and their contribution. Uh, to to uh, to to actually creating a lot of happiness for a lot of people in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah, because th there are things indeed that companies can do so that they can really contribute to more happiness into the world. And we hope indeed that it will be more and more. Yeah, that's the first step to having happiness is to decide that's something that's important to you, and and also understanding yeah. that it's not a constant state at a ten, you know, at a level ten either. Happiness you know, ebbs and flows. That's that is that is the reality. And happiness and unhappiness can exist at the same time and, and, and getting all that. But you're right. You have to own it yourself. If happiness is something that's important to you, then uh, then you have to constantly work at it. Just like working at your 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 weight or your health or your uh, or your finances. Uh, you know, happiness is one of those that you have to to uh, to decide that's what I want to do and then and work on a plan. Um I am a bit of a, a, a person of routine. Um I do believe that for me. Uh, you know, starting my day uh, with a routine uh, where I where I do get to I do meditate. Um, uh, not a, not a pro by any means, but I I have my little bit of time to try to clear my mind. Um, I uh, you know I, I a little a little exercise more would probably be good. Uh, you know, eating well in the morning. Um, uh, I like a calendar when the clock when the alarm goes off. I I have my routine. Uh, but for me, I also have a happy playlist. Uh, so, you know, when my alarm goes off in the morning, uh, it's going to start with, uh, you know, songs that make me feel good. Some of them are like uh, the uh, the song that was playing when we started today, the, you know, Happy uh, by Parnell. But uh, also just songs that, from my childhood that I remember that, uh, you know, there's always, uh, with music, there's always, usually we have associations. And, uh, and a lot of songs, you know, make me happy would not make you happy but I have a positive association. So I play those songs. I have a playlist in the morning and uh, that playlist runs about the same time that it takes me to start my day and, uh, and be able to walk out the door. So that, that's a big part of it. But, but uh, yeah, that, that's probably the only thing that I, that I look at now. Uh, again, I also think you know, you know, happiness is about uh, diluting the unhappiness because things that upset us are going to creep and come. That is life. And so you, you, you need to find that way to dilute that or at least counterbalance it. So, uh, you know, I'm in a, a stressful position. Uh, I'm at a time that my father passed away a few years ago. My mother is, is, is getting up in years. Uh, and, and, uh, and so you know, there are probably more dramatic things that are happening in my life today and will happen as I, as I get older. Uh, and so it's really important that I, I, I balance that with more positive things. So whether that's positive experiences, like for me, it's being in Hawaii, uh, whether that's a, a, about reading or listening or, or educating myself or just finding those moments, uh, for me, that, that makes me happy. Uh, you know, interesting, too, when we look at the, uh, the, the elements of happiness, simplicity also makes me happen, uh, happy. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer that less is more. And, and we learned this, I, I don't know how much time we have, but I can tell you a story where that kind of uh, really uh, resonated with me. And in, in, uh, I, I used to live in Malibu, California. And, uh, and we had the, the dream house. I mean, it was a big house. I could see I was right there on the water. I could see the water. But it's a part of Malibu uh, that uh, is notorious for these big uh, fires. And, uh, and a lot of times you know, you'll hear news stories, especially in the Americas, 
about big fires coming through Malibu and burning down these celebrity mansions and, and all of this. So, uh, you know, we had been living in this particular house for a year or so. And one of the first uh, big fires uh, uh, got closer to our house. And they, they said, you, you'll probably have to evacuate. And, uh, and we had never been in that situation of having to evacuate. And so the, 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 you know, at the time we had a, 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 a BMW a, a Z4, which is a two-seater car with a very small trunk. And we had a 150-pound Newfoundland dog. So two of us and a dog was going to fill up the, the front of the car that was going to leave a very small uh, space in the back for us to take what was important to us. And as we walked through our house, and uh, you know, obviously some 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 cherished photos and 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 things like that, we started realizing that we didn't really care enough about the other things uh, to take them with us. And then the question was, wait a minute, if we don't care about these things enough to want to save them, why do we have them? <laughs> why are we? You know, putting out the energy to to own them, to house them, to clean them, to insure them, whatever that was, and um, and uh, and ultimately that changed the way we we buy things. We're much simpler about what we own. We we don't we don't buy anything unless we both love it. Uh, when it comes to clothing, we're big believers that if one thing comes in, one thing has to go out, and uh, and that simplicity also uh, uh, offloaded, if you will, a lot of stresses and a lot of burdens, which also. So I think simplicity also is a, is a practice that we have that does lead to happiness. I, I agree. And, uh, and again, diluting all the other things that create hassles, if it, whether, it's, whether it's people or, or things or responsibilities. Uh, if, they're, if they're not, I, who is the, I'm not sure who uh, the, 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 the lady is who has the, the shows about uh, simplicity, but you know, whether something sparks joy, that's her, uh, that's her idea. If it doesn't spark joy, then you, you don't keep it. I, I don't think that's just how you organize a closet. I think that's how you organize a life. And uh, if it doesn't spark joy, then goodbye. And uh, and, yeah. and and make room for new things, or just make just make just make room. Period for you to uh, to to be happy. I guess since you mentioned it, indeed, simplicity is actually also one of the nine factors of happiness that we identified with standing yellow goldfish. And actually, if I put them up for a moment as well. Because one ah, thing yep. we also, and we plan, in fact, for the next show to really go more in depth in, into this one. Would you then say, Anthony, that simplicity is the one element that contributes the most to your happiness? I mean, you also spoke about health, because when you mentioned your meditation in the morning, exercise, good food, uh, what would you say are the most contributing to your happiness? I, I think this is interesting. Uh, a long time ago, and I don't remember, I think the first place I heard it, was a, 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 an author by the name of Paul Meyer uh, from, uh, from Waco, Texas. But he had something, and I think I've seen a lot of ideas. There's like a, a circle of life or a wheel of life. And the idea is you could go through each of those items, like you go through each of these and number them, you know, health on a scale of one to 10, uh, you know, purpose one to 10, play one to 10, et cetera. And then you could connect the dots. You'd see how your wheel looks. And if it wasn't balanced, your wheel doesn't roll so well. And, and so when I look at all of these, I, I think they're all extremely important. Um, you know, if you don't have your health, it's hard to have a purpose or it's hard to play the way you want to play. Uh, if you don't have integrity, at least for me, I'm not going to sleep well at night and that's going to affect my health. Uh, you know, simplicity is a big, a big piece of that. Um, so I, if, I, if I had to put one as, as slightly higher than the others, I, I, I think it would be purpose. I think it's, it's knowing 
you know, you're finding it or, or working on finding it. I don't think you have to know your purpose, but I think you have to be, you know, constantly trying to, to, uh, to know your why. And, uh, and so I would, I would probably put purpose top of my list, simplicity and health and play and integrity and nature and smiling, uh, autonomy, all, all of those would be, you know, very, very close eyes per second, though. And uh, I love that you also mentioned um, uh, the wheel of life, because actually what we are turning into this, when we are just working now with the designer, also with Chantal, to turn this into a, a wheel of happiness, where we can all score from zero to 10 each of those elements, because that's exactly it. It's about when you also talk, spoke about diluting the unhappiness, you can de dilute the unhappiness if you bring in more happiness. So... Looking at this, which of those elements do you think that on a zero to 10 scale is still scoring low for you? And therefore, you would have to put more effort and more habits in place in order to do more of it in your life. Oh, I guess if I'm, if I'm being uh, totally authentic, probably play. I probably work too hard I, uh, or too much. I probably don't take enough time to really play. Uh, I'm, I'm the guy that my, you know, my boss uh, in Germany, uh, Sven Odia, uh, you know, he, in my first years had to tell me, you know, you have vacation, take it. And, and by the way, take two weeks because the first week you're going to be easing out. And then the second week is when you're actually going to have the time to, uh, to, 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 to relax and recharge and, and, and move forward. So I, I would guess play would be the one that I, I still need to work on. Uh, I am getting better at trying to connect what I do. You know, like that event that we do, uh, uh, the Elite Retreat is what it's called. It used to be called the Anthony Head Invitational. And uh, the, the, the reason that exists is quite selfish. As you said, each year, uh, there's a topic that's really important to me. And I will study that topic and I'll learn about that topic. And I get to the point where people around me know I've got like a broken record because I'm always talking about that particular topic. And, uh, and, and so that's a nice place where I was able to take something that was important to me and, 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 and find that there was an, an audience of people in our, in our organization that that topic was interesting to them too. And so I could play and have fun, meet other people with, uh, with shared mindsets and, and curiosities. And, uh, and so that's where I try to balance. Let's pull the work and the, and the, and the play and the personal together. And that allows me to, to, uh, to do that. But yeah, play would probably be the one that I'd have to say. Maybe not. Maybe that's in third place. Maybe uh, uh, purpose is, is a 10. The others are all nine. And then maybe eight and a half, eight is, is play. Oh, maybe seven, maybe seven. <laughs> I love that you say that one because I need to remind you then indeed of how much you played during that elite retreat. I, I, I had a course, And I have, of course, a picture for you to just show that. Look at you. <laughs> that's a playful. <laughs> We all need to. I mean, life the is... playful Anthony, you know, and, and you know that also from the science of happiness, but just looking at this picture, you can feel yourself back in that moment and actually leave the play and the emotion connected to it. So I hope I'm sending you some play vibe. <laughs> Thank you, Rosaria. Thank you, everyone who's uh, on the uh, listening to the podcast today, either live or, or down the road. Uh, I, I will let you know that I, I love reaching out and talking to people globally. Um, and if you will, uh, that's how Rosaria and I met is, you know, I tracked her across the, 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 uh, the globe, but, uh, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'm not as good as I should be there lately. I've been avoiding social a little bit, but it's just at Anthony hit A N T H O N Y H I T T. And, uh, I'd love to hear from anyone and have a conversation and get to know you. And, uh, so thank you once again, so much for inviting me. And I do feel very honored to be the first guest 
on uh, on this new podcast. I have a feeling this is going to go uh, a long way and there's going to be a, a large audience that will get a lot from this. So uh, good work. Good work, all of you. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. Bye. This was the Happiness Contribution Show, available on YouTube as a webcast and on your favorite channels as podcast. If you like the show, we would appreciate if you share it with one person that may benefit from it too. Subscribe to our channel and tune in for the next episode. You can find all the episodes and discover more happiness contribution tips on our website, happinesscontribution.com. That's all for today. Stay happy and healthy and nurture happiness contribution.